We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, what's up? I'm Nick Schwert. This is Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio. Chris Uno, Sarah with me from 10 to 2. Thanks for hanging out with us on a lovely Friday morning. Jay Binkley is so fired up for this football weekend that he decided to stick around a little bit longer. You don't want to go home just quite yet, do you? Actually, I just don't want to move. I have things to do. How you doing, lover boy? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. You know... Is some people agonize if they have to work holiday weekends. Not you, man, because holiday weekends, I learned this early. I, 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 did, I, did the, I crunched the numbers, and I figured out that sports leagues, they like to have their games on when people are at home mm-hmm. so that they can watch them. Therefore, people who cover sports oftentimes have to work when everyone else is sitting around watching sports. I'll be up here. Uh, Some people Sunday. agonize over that. Some people embrace it. I embrace it. Which one are you? I embrace things. I know yeah. you do. It's a big weekend. This is a great weekend for football. If you're a college football fan like you and I are, Nick, it gets good. I've said this about the last like three weekends, the, especially championship weekend in college football. Loved it because then you had the NFL. You had all the championship games in college football. But you think about this. We get the playoffs tomorrow. You got Kansas State and Alabama to start things off uh, for your breakfast beer. And remember, if you're going to drink beer, you can claim you drink all day, but you got to start early, right? Oh, yeah. Never so heard that one fans, before. Yeah, yeah. So K-State fans start early tomorrow. I know I will. Uh, I'm actually off Saturday, and Sunday I'll be back in here. You will it. crack a beer early tomorrow? 100%. 11 a.m. or prior? Prior. It'll be you prior. Get, yeah, okay. It'll 100% be prior. Question. I'm not going to wait till 10. Yeah. 11. <laughs> He's not sitting there looking at his clock. <laughs> I'll probably do a nice breakfast out or something. Wait, start why don't you start with, with something light? It's not how I roll. Like a crisp Pilsner. Yeah. Are you a fan of uh, white trash mimosas? You do a little, a little splash of OJ in the in the Bud Light. I've never no, I've never really done those those kind of. I love. I'm, I just go straight beer. You need to get some vitamins in you. No, not really. No, <laughs> he doesn't You're, believe in vitamins. You don't believe in vitamins. <laughs> He's Despite the mounting evidence that, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good for you. You look more relaxed. You were pretty intense earlier when I saw you. You think so? I felt relaxed earlier. Do you remember? Do you remember? You seen Top Gun Maverick, right? Yeah, I did. Actually, I just watched it like two weeks ago. Well, when Hondo looks at Maverick twice, and once he was in that the suit there before his uh, test flight, he goes, "Why you give me?" A, he goes, "There's that look again," mm-hmm. and he said, "That's the only look I got." Yeah. That's what oh. you're supposed to say. It's the only look I wow, got, Wow, that's a good one. Bank, it's the only look I got. The only look I got. I'm going to write that one down for later. Pete Sweeney will join us coming up at 11 o'clock. Uh, Rob Collins, Fox 4, going to be in studio with us for the 1 o'clock hour. So 
it's sort of weird that it's a big football weekend, but it doesn't feel like a big weekend for the Chiefs. It doesn't really feel like it's going to be a, a very climactic ending to the regular season for Kansas City. Going up against Denver this week, who's playing under Jerry Rosberg, the 67-year-old senior assistant turned interim head coach, a guy they brought in in September because Nathaniel Hackett couldn't figure out when to call timeouts. That is the guy who is going to be expected to rally the troops and to salvage what is left of the Broncos season. And then you close the regular season against the Las Vegas Raiders, who will be quarterbacked by Jarrett Stidham now that Derek Carr is uh, sent home for the final two weeks and probably for the, the rest of his Vegas career. Yeah, sent home with his $40.5 million this year. He'll be all right, yeah. guarantees he's going to be fine. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what a clown show the UFC West has been this week. I mean, it's been terrible. And I, you're always curious, like, how a team responds to a coaching change. Because, again, this defense is legit. The offense is terrible. 15 and a half points a game, dead last in the National Football League. You know they can actually score points. And, yeah, that Denver game and Chiefs was closed. Chiefs had a 27-point lead. They came back. But turnovers at the end of the half, that put 14. Then you give them the ball back first, second half, you can flip a game really quickly. And I don't think the Chiefs will let that happen this game. But to beat the team 15 straight times. When the Chiefs, it'll be 126 meeting between the two. Like, that's embarrassing. If Denver loses this game, they ought to have just some kind of pride not to lose the Chiefs once again because that's a, that's a prideful organization in fan base. I had Andy Lindholm broadcast out in Denver, and he used to do the sideline reporting for the Broncos those afternoons. He was as down as I've ever seen him. Even the text line picked up on just down. I mean, how could you be? The team sucks. I mean, Everything's bad. I was curious how they respond, and I don't think they're going to respond well because it's not a guy that you're going to play for thinking this could be your next head coach. No. It's not that type of situation. You fired the offensive line coach and special teams. They're all defending Russell now on Twitter. Well, and it's not just Russ. It's not just Russ. They wanted to hire the defensive coordinator. They wanted to promote him to interim head coach, and he basically said because he was so close with Nathaniel Hackett that he wasn't going to take over. And also, side note, I wouldn't want to be associated with this season either. Like, I don't want the pro football reference page 10 years from now to have my name on it when it says head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, comma, my name, and then see that record, which is probably going to be, what, 4-13 and 13 by so, the time it's all said and done? So the Chiefs, you know, you think about what they got left. I mean, they've been dominant in Vegas. They averaged 38 points a game yeah. when they played in Las Vegas. And then you get Denver that just fired the head coach to finish the season out. That's why you need Buffalo to beat or Cincinnati, excuse me, to beat Buffalo so bad. Because you look at just and Andy Reid forty and six against this division since fifteen, and you got two division games left here. And Mahomes has never lost a division game on the road. That should be noted as well. Is Patrick uh, looking to get another win on the road? That's that's one of the most unbelievable stats. Never lost a division road game. Second only to Joe Montana. It's just insane when you kind of compare the season the Chiefs have had, right? Everything that they wanted to do, everything that they've accomplished this year, despite the fact that they didn't go out on the spending sprees that everybody else in the division did. Look at this, man. Five of the 18 biggest contracts handed out this offseason were to AFC West players. Russell Wilson got $165 million guaranteed. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr each got $65 mil. Max Crosby got $53 mil. J.C. Jackson with the Chargers got $40 million. That's not even mentioning the Broncos giving Randy Gregory $28 million. He has two sacks this year, and they gave him $28 million guaranteed, or the Chargers trading a second-round pick to get Khalil Mack. These teams made New Year's resolutions, man. We're sitting here on New Year's Eve Eve. 
All of these teams told you they were going to be better. Hey, we're going to go out. We're going to spend. We're going to compete with the Chiefs. We are going to make life difficult for this team that has run roughshod over the AFC West for the better part of the past decade. And they all failed. They failed to follow through. It's like when I said I was going to read more in 2022. Guess what? It's December 30th. I read two books this year. You still got time. I still, well, No, I don't, though, because I'm, I'm busy after work tonight. So it's over. How, many, more, how many books did you read last year? Well, I mean, I guess technically one. So so you read more. I you doubled, doubled up. It. Good job. I, I doubled, but it's not, it's not exactly what I had in mind when I said I was going to read more. Hey, you but know? You, you did read more, so I you did. at least fulfilled that really, part really of your really weird resolution to have. What? Why is that read a weird? Read more. Yeah, it's, you feel good about yourself. You read a book, you, you finish it, you say, okay, I did You're something. You're a world traveler, Nick, and you're worried about reading books. How many books did you read in 2022? Oh, do you think Bing's reading books? Well, you <laughs> like keep... college football previews? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was saying, yeah, if, it's a, if it's a media guide, if is that counts as a book. Phil, Phil Steele's college football preview? I haven't preview? read, like, an actual book this year. When's the last time you did read a book? Let's really dive. Let's peel this under. And not, a, not the SEC media guide. Like an actual like book. Well, it's, it's, it could be like but, a sports biography, you know. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I love good coaching biographies and stuff like that. But I, I can't think of the last time I sat down. And read, I just don't have time. You do. Uh, you know what I'll do though. You know, I'm going to play a video game. You, you know? know what I'm going to do the next time I. Yeah, come, I feel you too. I'm you know, like the that. next time I come across like a real good like sports biography, like I read the several years ago now, the Allen Iverson biography was really good. My favorite uh, are Bill Walsh, Building a Champion. I'll never forget that book because he talked about yeah, he'd be at a restaurant. And he'd write down plays. He'd be out to dinner with his wife, and he'd think of a play. Like, Joe Montana would love this. I could see Andy Reid doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, be out eating barbecue totally. with his wife, and then like, yes. sitting there going, Mahomes can run this. He's got a whiteboard he carries with him. And then building them. a champion, Pete Carroll. Love that book. Like, his resurrecting his career, getting back into coaching before he went to USC because nobody wanted him. And now he's turning into one of the greatest college-slash-pro coaches of all time. So I have read those two. Okay. You know, by the way, when Andy Reid went to Italy this past summer, remember that story when he walked into the restaurant and they were like, hey, do you want wine? And he's like, I don't drink wine. He's like, well, what did you come to Italy for? He goes, I came here to eat. <laughs> Who doesn't? I came here to eat. Do you think eat. he ate that cheeseburger that they gave him on Christmas? Hell yeah, he did. I bet you he walked right into his office yeah. and ate that he, sucker. He probably got a microwave in there and he probably warmed it up 100%. in there. hundred percent. Probably room it temperature. Great, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, looked, it looked really good. It was really good. I, there is zero percent chance he did not eat that burger. Yeah, you know what he says: just have a cheeseburger and go out and coach. Yeah, exactly. That's his mantra, and it served him well. Uh, tomorrow, even though we've got the college football playoff tomorrow night, which I know you're very high on, I'm starting in the afternoon. Starting early, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it, no, it goes all the way almost till we drop the ball. Morning, morning. Alabama, Kansas State. Is this the biggest game in the history of K State's program? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's hard to say because that game again in St. Louis, so they played A&M for a chance to go to the national title, and people were making reservations, then A&M ends up winning the game. That would have to be a little bit bigger because that was one game that they lost for a chance to go to a national title. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's up there in the top two or three. And the good news is it wouldn't have been had Alabama basically played these games or not in the playoffs like they have in the past. That's everybody sit out. Mm. I mean, they, they have three first-round picks playing this game. I'm just curious how long they're going to play. With the Heisman Trophy winner young, Jameer Gibbs, the running back, and one of the best linebackers I've seen come out in the last decade, Will Anderson. They're all playing, and two of those are top three picks, top three or four picks. Jameer will probably go in the 20s, and they're all playing. And they don't usually do that. That's good, though. I think that's good, unless they get hurt and turn into like a Jalen Smith-type situation, that would suck. But I'm curious how long they play. Like, I'm curious – if Nick is, is saving, it's just like, you know what? I appreciate these guys doing this. 
But I'm not no. going to ruin their chances in the no NFL. Chance. You're going to no. play two no. series. You know, he yeah, cares that, that about that. I'm just saying. No, he I'm just wondering what advice it would be because he probably wouldn't expect them to have these players. Now he does. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about two guys in Young and Anderson who might. I mean, they very well could end up being the top two picks or two of the top three yeah. picks. Like Will Anderson's the best player in college football. Bryce Young's the best quarterback prospect in football. So it is. I I I was kind of curious for like, a meaningless game at 11 a.m. Even though it is a show. But with that being said, like it's Nick Saban, it's Alabama. There's an expectation when you come to Alabama, and you're not playing. But they the, don't always do this. But though. you're not they playing don't... in the Holiday Bowl, man. You're playing in the Sugar Bowl. They've done this in the Sugar Bowl before. I know, I know, but they're giving K State that respect. Alabama, I think, expects to be in the playoff every single year to the point where when you do miss it you still feel like there's unfinished business. Like, we came to Alabama to win national championships, not to play in the Sugar Bowl, so we are going to assert our dominance And I think Chiefs fans will get to that to some extent like the Patriots did, like the Alabama. Yeah. Where if you're on the Super Bowl, did the season really count? I remember Travis Kelsey once he lost the Super Bowl saying, well, is the season a success or not? And I think a lot of people in this town, you got to the AFC title game last year and lost in overtime to the Bengals, and it was felt like devastation around the city. It's the expectations, and I think Chiefs fans slide in the – some of what Alabama sentiment is with their fan base. I, I do think if K-State wins this game, it will be the biggest win in program history. If it's not the biggest game going into it, it would be the, it would be the biggest win in program history. Because I know you, know you won the Fiesta Bowl in 97 versus Donovan McNabb, but that was Syracuse, right? And, and Syracuse back then was better than they are now, but that was still Syracuse. Now you're going up against Nick Saban, seven national championships, six of the last 13 like this is Alabama. All time. No one's had more. This is the most unstoppable force. Heisman Trophy winner. We've ever seen in ago. college football. So the idea that you have a chance to beat them in the Sugar Bowl on a massive stage to cap off your season, that would be the biggest win in program history. I think that would make this the best season in program history, which is crazy to think about only because of all the great seasons that Bill Snyder has had, that in four seasons, Chris Kleiman could put up the best year in program history this year. I think when you think about hires locally in college athletics around here, and you look at Kleiman, and it's so tough to replace a legend. It, I mean, really, it's Bill Snyder Stadium. My, my kid went to K-State. It's Bill Snyder Highway going into it. And you look at, you know, Kleiman, but he does have the four national titles. And, you know, you look at you look at uh, Lance Leipold over at, over at Kansas. He's got six, albeit these are smaller levels. as Division Three with Lance and FCS with Kleiman getting four, I don't care. Because that just shows me you can win. Yeah. And that shows you be consistent and you win. Kleiman's been a great hire uh, for Kansas State. Just I'm not going to say change the culture. Bill Snyder did that. But he's proven you can win in an area of nil where, you know, certain schools are offering you so much money. I always thought it's not going to hurt K-State because you get a local, you know, local dealerships and everything. Heck, Deuce Vaughn's out, you know, driving a car from a dealership. But what he's done to the K-State program – I mean, the fans are feeling so good in the 90s, and then Bill Snyder retired, and they're like kind of in the dumps. Then they then Bill Snyder comes back, and, you know, they're they're back to being excited after the Ron Prince era. And then, the, you know, K-State kind of tapered off there at the end of Bill Snyder's career, but Kleiman brought that juice back to what is a great football fan base. Really, I think about, you talk about this, the turnaround Bill Snyder, he turned around that not only that team, but that town. Oh, like all yeah. the hotels and restaurants and everything that came up. Cause of, and not only that, their enrollment. I mean, I can't think of one coach that made as big a difference that Bill Snyder. That's tough it was to dire replace straits. that. It was dire. For... It's tough to replace that guy. What Kleiman's doing is insane because of what he's replacing. Well, we saw it went with Ron Prince, right? And now that was just a bad hire. But 
you kind of felt like, oh, this is what life after Bill Snyder is going to be yeah. like. Snyder immediately comes back, gets it back on track. And you, it, it, it is, I think Kansas and Kansas State, those jobs were very difficult for very, very different reasons. Like you said, following a legend and a guy who is that program. Like there aren't, there aren't that many dudes in the history of college sports. Like I think about it with Mike Krzyzewski at Duke. You think about it with Jim Beheim at Syracuse. Most of the major brands in college football, they're major brands because they've been good through uh, multiple periods of time, right? It's not just one era of one coach. It's who you're hiring as coach. You see so much, so much different. Look at Kansas and the way they feel now. With this, it's because of a coach. I've always thought the coach can be more important than a free agent, unless it's a quarterback in the National Football League. Hayden Fry, when he was coach at Iowa, I mean, he had guys on his staff like Bob Stoops. He resurrected Oklahoma. Oklahoma was not Oklahoma there yeah, for a Dan while. Yeah, Dan Hughes was just talking about this yesterday. Dan McCartney was there at Iowa State. Oh, you, yeah, because I mean, what he does is unbelievable. Because he, he said he would never hire a coach unless he thought he could be a head coach. Barry Alvarez was part of that staff, too. He goes and turns yeah. around Wisconsin. Bill Snyder at Kansas State. Like, you look at that coaching tree, and it makes sense. I'm not hiring you unless I think you can be a head coach. It's kind of what Kleiman's doing uh, with Colin Klein out there running the offense and everything. He's going to be head coach um, soon, unless somebody, a TV analyst, jumps down and uh, becomes a head coach again, which seems to be the new trend. You think he'll be a head coach like next year? Not next year, but probably the year How after. How old is he? What is he like? He's got to be like 33, right? But that's the way things are going now. I mean, Colin Klein would be. You can, if you can call plays. A, you can call plays. He'd be for being a head coach. I know he's big time in the recruiting and does a great job with that, but yeah, I think he's going to make a tremendous coach somewhere. Yeah, it's it's. I would feel so. I'm, K State or KU has to feel so good about the direction of their programs right now. When four years ago, you, I mean, KU two years ago, KU ten years ago, right? We could do this a lot of different times, but it's uncertain, man. When you're going from a legend, we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission to an unknown, which is what K-State's done. But for Climate to come in and do what he's done, it's been, I mean, wildly impressive. Well, the text line said, uh, the only drawback is this. I don't feel like this is one of Alabama's best teams. Here's the thing with Alabama. They lose by three at Tennessee. That's when Tennessee had Hinton Hooker and they're rolling. They lose by one point in overtime to LSU. Okay? 
That game was at LSU, and that other game was at Tennessee. This is a pretty damn good Bama team. I could make an argument. I won't hear, but I could make an argument. This team deserved to be in the college football playoffs. I mean, they, they're that they're good of a team. I mean, there, there would have that have been a tough argument to make, but yeah, uh, you well, could make was, it. He was trying to make it. Alabama uh, oh, yeah, would be favored yeah. over all these teams, but Georgia. I don't think so. Okay, I, think, I don't think right. they'd be favored over okay. Michigan. Okay. Well, see, here's the deal. Here's the deal, Bing. There would be at over some TCU point. For sure. At some yeah, point, yeah, TCU, but not all, everyone but Georgia. We can talk about who's better. But at some point, the results of the games do matter, and that's why Alabama's playing in the Sugar Bowl instead of the playoff, right? We can agree on that. But with that being said, I'm I'm well aware that Bama is a, f- a phenomenal. Like it's still talent, a great win because you're facing a, t- a Heisman Trophy winner and the all-time leader in from the From a talent perspective, titles, yeah. they're a top three team in the country. 100%. It's Georgia, Ohio State, and them. They finished fourth in scoring. They finished ninth in defense. This is an elite team. Oh. And Alabama, and like somebody else on the text line said, it can't be considered – the biggest win in K-State history when it's the 100th biggest game in Alabama history. That's kind of the point. Alabama has played in so many damn games. That's why they are yeah. who they are. Six national championships in the last 13 years. That's why who the they Sugar are. Bowl, they man. always the play in Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And it's not the Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss. No. You know, we've seen like Baylor and Ole Miss. It's like that doesn't carry quite as much weight as I'm pretty sure there's a car driving down the highway that's on fire. But uh, oh man, it really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they did a burnout. I think, I think it was that truck. They I don't know, man. Out. That thing smoked. No, they, they, I, yeah, yeah, it was weird. Some kind, something, something's wrong. That was man. weird. Maybe they're burning. Your, oil. Live play by play on Shawnee Mission Parkway yeah. here on Six Ten Sports Radio. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're law enforcement, you have to be driving around. There's a uh, no some fire. some wrong here. Some truck yeah. or something. Something's wrong. Yeah. See, it's public service. All right. Bink is now texting into the show from the eight one six. I think it's pathetic that KU fans are acting like they had a great season after going six and seven in the crap Big Twelve. That See, is, I, I Bink, did you up, text that in? It wasn't me texting. That is that is literally true. the thing he's. When I went no. in there during a the break during Fesco, that's literally the thing he said Hands to me. Up. Where's your I phone? During the break, they've lost seven of their last eight. They have a losing record this year at six and seven. And they played in a conference that's not a good conference when the powers that be are terrible as Oklahoma and Texas are. The Big 12 is 1-5 and five in bowl games. I'm saying it's, it's a nice start. I like Lance Leipold and what he's doing. But what I'm saying is just settle down, Kansas fans. you got to back it up. Settle down. What do you, back, it, back it up What do you year. think people are saying? Yeah, what are they saying? Like, what, people like, are excited about it and want to send money out there, which is fine for They for the win like Kansas. one game a year. They deserve to celebrate six. Man, they had. They're no man Geno's team. Listen, listen. Well, yeah, nobody's saying that, but let them celebrate a six-win season. They had. Are we down? It's, listen, Bink. Kansas is better than moral <laughs> victories, man. No, they're no, not. They're no, not. they're not. Get the no, hell out of here, Bink. They won an Orange Bowl. Get that. That was that 13 was, years ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. They They're just, celebrating uh, losing seasons Jay, now. You're not what the even, hell has happened out there? Jay, you know what's happened. You've been watching it. You've been covering it just like we have. You, you know. told me in early October they were going to win the Big 12. I didn't say they were going to win the Big 12. I never you said that. You were waving that damn week. I was waving that week. Listen, they won 21 games in 11 seasons before Lance Leipold showed up. Do not tell no me this program no is, to go Do up. not tell me this program is above moral victories. Nobody is comparing Kansas to Kansas State this year. I am this is massive progress for a program that was the worst, not one of the worst program in Division One. Could Bill Self have won more games than David Beatty? As football coach? Yeah, absolutely. Like switch no. to, yeah, oh yeah, no. he'd hire a no. great staff. 
He'd just sit back and no, chill. he couldn't do that. Bill won, Self would bring people in. David Beatty won six games in four I always thought Bill years. Self would win more games than David Beatty if he just said, oh, you know what, I'll go coach his team for a minute. Whoever is texting Let's in here honest, he would, about, would. about KU is clearly like a sad Mizzou fan. And because they brought up Mizzou went six and seven in the SEC, which yeah. means nothing, because like it's yeah, it they're they're sitting at the bottom of the SEC. So and by the way, <laughs> the question: I guess, would Bill Self win more games than David? Bain? I don't think so. And I guess we don't want to have the conversation that like the SEC was like the third, fourth best conference in football this well, year. They haven't played well in the bowl season either. Pac-12 best conference. But they're going to have the national champion. Conf- conference of champions. They're going to have Stetson Bennett's going to lead Georgia to the back-to-back national champions. Yeah. Yeah. The supposed yeah. should have been Heisman winner Georgia is going to lead Georgia to and be what, one of only five quarterbacks ever to do that. So you so you guys are both in agreement that Georgia is winning the title. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Look, I, look at that team, man. I think Michigan's right there. I, think I, I don't right think there. they're that close. Like I think it might they might they might get a good half out of Georgia, but I think the second half. I is, think is I, I be, think they're close, but offensively and defensively, you saw it. I know everybody's talking about Georgia and whatever, but Georgia's offense is actually ranked higher than their defense. <laughs> I know yeah. this year, and yeah, but to be as good as Georgia offensively and defensively, and those skill position players and that, and some of those guys they have on defense and Brock Bowers on offense and Stetson Bennett, man, I. I don't know who's going to beat them. And now that they've got the experience. I know Michigan makes the playoffs last year, but to have championship experience like they got, mm. that makes them tough, man. When they've been there, they know what to do. They know how to handle themselves. They know what to do during the, the off time. They've been there and done that, man. I think that's pretty important. It's just Michigan, you know, last year, and they, the players have talked about it this week, Michigan was just excited to be there last year. They were excited to get over the hump. They beat Ohio State in the regular season, and it felt like they were getting that monkey off the back. I think that made, meant more than anything. This year feels different, though, because this year you come back, you validate it by whooping up on Ohio State again, and it, it feels like this time around I'm not looking at Michigan with an asterisk. It's not just congratulations on being a part of it. Now it's like, I don't know, this team might be able to win the whole damn thing because all season long it was we thought it was Georgia, Ohio State, Georgia, Ohio State. Michigan put that beating on Ohio State, and I wonder if it should have been us looking at Michigan, but we didn't because of all they lost, right? They lost all of those defensive players to the draft last year. Blake Corm injury, I get it, but they're better. It's a big one. It's a Heisman contending, right? But I'll tell you this much. Donovan Edwards, their backup, could be that. He'd be my Heisman list next year, wouldn't he? Yeah. I I just, I I like what Jim Harbaugh has going on, man. I like the culture they have at Michigan, and it just feels, it feels a little more real than it did last year because I expect I expect Michigan to sort of take care of business quite swiftly against TCU. Will he TCU go to the NFL? Off. That's the question. Harbaugh? I hope he stays where he's at. It's kind of fun him being a Michigan. I don't think Harbaugh's going to go. I think teams will come calling. Everybody will throw whatever money I mean, I yeah, thought he was going to the Vikings last year. Yeah, I mean, teams have been calling for years. I don't think that he's, – he's the kind of guy that needs control of his yeah, organization. Yeah, and here's the problem is there's not – a beautiful situation no. to walk into. Yeah, he's walking into a bad situation. Wherever a lot of go. these teams don't have quarterbacks. No, it's a bad move. I mean, I guess the Colts. Nobody wants to go to Charlotte. I don't That's, care. The nobody. Colts isn't really a great move either right but, now. I mean, like he Michigan, ties, like, they're yeah, alma mater. It's his alma mater in the NFL. Yeah. And Jim Mercer is yeah, willing to. Not everybody wants to go back to their home. <laughs> Jim Mercer is willing to hire Jeff Saturday to be an interim coach. They're going to back the Brinks yeah. truck up. Oh, now. yeah. They'll, they'll, he'll be calling them all the time, but I don't think it happens. Uh, Bink, uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. Duke Mayo's? Duke's Mayo? What is it? I don't eat mayo. Duke's Mayo, they actually dump mayo 
on the, the, on the winning game, coach. Yeah. Cheez-Its right. would be all right. <laughs> That's coming up at 11 o'clock. Are they going to try to win then if they're going to get mayo dumped on them at the end? The I, I, would, I would, too. I would, I would lose. I'd send my kicker out there and go, shank this baby. <laughs> I do not want the mayo. No, I'm not trying to get that dumped on me. You going home to watch it? I'm going to watch college football from the second I leave here and crack open a beer as soon as I leave here, too. Uh, we got and listen, uh, to, and listen to yeah. you and Chris. Oh, sweet man, thank you. Uh, Maryland Appreciate and North it. Carolina State. That's uh, that's the Duke's Mayo Bowl coming up at eleven o'clock. We get the orange tonight. That's right. You mean Tennessee and Clemson? Yeah. Why did you call it the orange? Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl. Oh wow, I thought you meant. <laughs> I thought you were talking about because they're orange. <laughs> I mean, colors. they 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 do have orange too, so it fits. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't put that together. Hey, thanks for sticking around, man. That was fun. <laughs> it was fun. All right, it no. was fun. Uh, we got Pete Sweeney coming up at 11 o'clock. He's Chris Unicero. I'm Nick Schwartz. This is Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. One player on the Chiefs has been an absolute anomaly. I'll tell you who it is next. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs Red Half Hour every day at 1130. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride will join us coming up here in about half an hour. I am Nick Schwart with Chris Winocero. If you'd like to join the show, you can do so by texting in on the Jays Southland Tow Service text line 913-586-7610 from the 816. As a Mizzou fan, KU's story was pretty cool, to be honest. They won more than one game in a season. Props, KU. I hate you, but props. So a little backhanded compliment there. Congrats on winning one more than one game. I mean, it's always going to be backhanded for KU because they were winning one to two games a year. So it, anybody it, applauding you for a six game, six win season yeah. is going to, it's going to be a fun. little, it's going to be a little backhanded there. I've always said this. You can't, you can't make fun of us for stuff that we already make fun of ourselves for. Yeah. Yeah. The KU fans aren't sad about it. We're they just self, accept we're, it. We're very self-aware. Right, we know who we are. We know where we've been. So you reminding us of that doesn't make us feel bad. You can't. You can't hurt us. We have we have put this armor around us. And by the way, all the Mizzou fans who are acting like it's so lame that KU sent so many fans down to Memphis for a game that they lost, and like, why do you even care for this team that lost six of their last seven games? Since when did it become uncool to care about your team? Like what, like, are you, all these, all you sound like is Channing Tatum and 21 Jump Street was like, are you guys try? That's so lame that you guys care. Yeah, we care. We haven't won in over a decade. So it's kind of cool to be able to go to a bowl game again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our fans are passionate. If you're a fan, if you're not a fan of like one of the blue blood schools, you should celebrate your program as much as you possibly can. And if Mizzou goes to the NCAA tournament this year, I expect fans to go and travel. Oh yeah, I mean, they hang banners for NCAA tournament appearances. So yeah, they're going to go out there and do that. God forbid. (laughs) They hang banners at Mizzou arena for making the tournament. So yeah, they have no room to talk. Uh, We'll talk. uh, We'll talk some more college football coming up later on in the show. Uh, McCole Hardman was set to play this weekend. He uh, at least according to Andy Reid, was going to be out on the field. 
barring a setback. That's what Andy Reid said when he spoke to the media on Wednesday. Yesterday, Nicole Hardman was not in attendance during Thursday's media look, which is a very small portion of the practice, right, where media can go and, and watch the team practice, but he wasn't there. So are we to believe that it's a setback? Since he's still on the IR, he's not on the active roster. The Chiefs don't actually have to give any sort of update. They don't have to post his status on the injury report. So I'd imagine we're not going to find out until Sunday, or I guess unless he's activated. This whole thing has been very vague, even going back to when he was injured. He hasn't played since week nine because of uh, what they called an abdomen issue. Is that appendicitis? Is that a strained oblique? I have no idea. That's the beauty of the, uh, they don't have to do anything. They don't have to give you any further updates when he's on the IR. So I don't know exactly what his status is going to be. It felt like all week long, it was just a foregone conclusion that McColl was going to be back out there. I don't know how, like an abdomen injury also wouldn't strike me as something that would be re-aggravated very easily. It's not like a hamstring. It's not like a a foot issue. Like it's an abdomen. Usually you just kind of rest, recover, get over it, and then you're back on the field. But again, we don't know what the injury is to begin with. Uh, The Chiefs do need him back out there. I want to... I know that McColl has become sort of this easy scapegoat for guys who have underachieved because he never became the guy that you needed him to in Kansas City. Totally fine. But, I mean, it's important to remember that this guy is still fifth on the team. He's your your fifth receiver despite the fact that he's played half the games as everybody else. He still has more receiving yards than Jarek McKinnon. He still has more – averaging more yards per game than Jarek McKinnon. He's, when healthy, your number four receiver behind Kelsey, Juju, and MVS. And what he does, though, like we can just talk about the raw numbers and snaps and receptions, but his role is unique in a way that not many other guys can fill it. While MVS and Justin Watson, those kind of guys, they can stretch the field vertically, right? Juju, Kelsey, they're your threats over the middle. McColl is your horizontal field stretcher. There's a reason why you went out and got Kadarius Toney to add another one of those guys. There's a reason why Jarek McKinnon has benefited so much in Hardman's absence because you need those guys. If, the, if defenses are going to give you stuff at the line of scrimmage, you've got to be able to take advantage of that and make them pay. And the Chiefs have when they've had their, their full disposal of weapons. We talked to Danon Hughes yesterday, and he said that when the Chiefs lost Tyree Kill, he was kind of worried about that one aspect, that they weren't going to have a guy who you could dump it off to and turn it upfield, make five guys miss, and turn a ball that was thrown one yard into a 40-yard reception. But yet the Chiefs are still on top of everyone in the NFL in terms of explosive plays in the passing game. Nobody has more explosive plays passing 20 plus yard receptions than the chiefs do. And it's not because Mahomes is pushing the ball down the field the way that he was like they are, but not the bombs over the top, the 40 yard receptions where they're all air yards, right? It's yards after the catch. It's where the chiefs have been so good. And McColl is a big, big part of that. So if, if he needs to sit out two more games to get right for the postseason, he's a guy I don't think necessarily needs the reps. He's been here for four years, right? He may not be the most polished receiver we've ever seen in Kansas City, but that's a guy that I want to be healthy for the postseason because he does have a vital role. You may not need him to win four games, Chris, but like there's going to be a game where you're going to need to take advantage of that part of the field where he thrives in. He is 
he's he's kind of like having a a designated hitter or a pinch hitter that can that's got a lot of power. Like not gonna be a consistent average guy, but like you can you can pinch hit him in situations and he can just smack the ball out of the yeah. park and get you some easy runs. Like that to me is what McColl is. McColl is one of those guys that is never gonna be like a number one or a number two, but like as a number three you find ways to get the ball in his hands and he just makes magic happen. The one thing this offense is missing is the home run hitter. They've got all these guys who can just, you know, make sure that they move the ball down the field and get in position, but they don't have the home run hitter right now. They started to kind of get that back with Kadarius, but Kadarius isn't as familiar with this offense as, as McColl is. And so they're still trying to figure out what they got with them. But McColl knows what he's doing. He's confident in the role that he's in. It's just he can't increase his role to a bigger one. So I think that it'll be it's more important for them to make sure he gets right than to just put him out there so that we all feel secure with two weeks to go in the regular season. So I, I would much rather they do what they're doing now and be very cautious with them than for them to try and rush him out there and then things aren't right, which I think also kind of shows you the importance of getting the one seat because then that gets you an extra week where you don't need him. Cause once you get to the playoffs, anything's on the table there. So if you don't have to play that wild card round, if something is indeed wrong with McColl where he can't return, you get an extra week for him to get right. And then divisional round, hopefully he's good by then you bring him back. And all of a sudden now you've got that home run power there. So I, I I don't want them to rush him. If they don't feel he's ready or if they don't feel like they need to rush him out there, if he's not quite a hundred percent, let's say he's like 95%. Yeah. You can rest him. Yeah. I think that, yeah, absolutely. Because he is vital to this offense because of what he does. His role is so unique and Kadarius, Tony, like you brought him in to sort of add to that. But I feel like they're treating Kadarius Tony the same way they're treating Sky Moore, which is like we're gonna have packages for you while we bring you along. But like at no point are they expecting him to know the full offense. Yeah, there are and they're be... not gonna they're not gonna like manufacture touches for him that no. that many touches for him right now because he's so far down the depth chart. Right, and that's just it. It's it's the depth chart is one thing if we want to look at all the receivers one through six, but really it's it's about specific roles because when Juju was out. We thought, okay, everybody just moves up a notch. That's not how it works. What happened? Justin Watson all of a sudden became one of your top two receivers because of what he can do downfield across the middle. That's not something MVS. You're not going to take MVS and put him into Juju's role, just like you're not going to take Nicole Hardman and put him into Justin Watson's role. Like All of these guys have unique skill sets. Uh, somebody from the text line brings up a good point. From the 913, I feel like McColl was really big for the Chiefs first half of the season in the red zone, too. Uh, he was. McColl has four touchdowns this year. Before his injury, he was pacing towards having a career season because he had four touchdowns in eight games. All of those touchdowns came inside the 10-yard line. This guy is a threat near the goal line. You go back to last year, red zone offense. You would think because of what he's doing this year that Travis Kelsey was like that dude a season ago. It wasn't. It was Tyreek Hill. That was the guy who Mahomes was constantly looking towards near the goal line. Now with Tyreek gone, Travis Kelsey has been the best red zone target in the NFL. Has 17 catches for 10 touchdowns. He has been massive for the Chiefs down there. But they've had to get really unique with, and that's what that's what Andy Reid has always been so good about. 
is unique packages down near the goal line, getting multiple guys involved, misdirection, never knowing who's on the field, different packages. It's fun to watch, but now he's had to employ guys in different ways, and McColl has been one of those. Another guy who has benefited from the unique aspect of the Chiefs' offense this year has been Jarek McKinnon, who as of late has been coming on and been a a huge threat for, for Kansas City. He's an anomaly, man. This guy is 30 years old, and he is having a career season. Like Right now, when you just look at what he's doing, specifically in the receiving game, man, on the year, 49 catches, 460 yards, six touchdowns for Jarek McKinnon. Now, he's had a touchdown in four straight games. Uh, Mitch Holtis was on with Bink earlier today and uh, he had a crazy stat that like if he gets a touchdown this week, he'll be the first running back in 12 seasons to have a touchdown in five straight weeks, which seems remarkable considering some of the other guys who we've seen come through. Uh, do I, Can I play audio in here? Can I play audio yeah, on my computer? Yeah, All right. Yes. Your All computer right. can play audio. Well, yeah. no, I didn't know if it was on because nobody was in here. <laughs> I got earlier. you. I got you. Okay. Man. So um, here's Mitch earlier on uh, kind of the unprecedented nature of where Jarek McKinnon's at in the season that he's having in Kansas City. He has more touchdown receptions by a running back than Austin Eckler. Soak on that one for a second. Because wow. Eckler, Eckler's the touchdown machine of the Chargers, and that's who they always throw to when they get near the goal line. And McKinnon's got more than Eckler's got. McKinnon has also done more than just caught touchdown passes. It's it's amazing when you review the video. And to play with Patrick Mahomes, I've said this uh, really since October about McKinnon, and, and now Pacheco was learning it, that you really have three plays going at once if you're McKinnon. you got the play call. We also know with Patrick Mahomes, the play can turn into something else in, a, in an instant, right? So I've got to run my protection and my route. Oh, Pat's moving around now we're off script now i got to become a receiver oh pat's gonna run now i have to become a blocker and the block i have to make is one of the most difficult to make in football it's really like a kick or punt return where we see all those blocks in the back and stuff on special teams but he's got to make in a split second mckinnon has to make a decision to go from my route oh gosh my crazy route i'm going to get open in a here we're splattering here to uh, oh, no, now I have to make a great block and not commit a penalty. McKinnon has done it to near perfection all season long. An amazing story, not just for the Chiefs, but for the NFL. He's right. Jarek McKinnon this year is seventh in the NFL in yards after the catch. Seventh. And here, here are the guys ahead of him. Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, CeeDee Lamb. Than Jarek McKinnon, 30-year-old Jarek McKinnon. Amongst running backs, his 460 receiving yards are fifth most. His receiving touchdowns are most, as you just heard Mitch say, amongst all running backs. And you look at just what he is in the Chiefs offense, and he's been huge specifically with McColl out, fourth in receiving yards, in the Chiefs offense. This doesn't happen, man. This does not happen. A guy who is on the wrong side of 30. He'll be 31 before next season begins. And a guy who has major, major injury concerns. He missed three seasons from 2017 to 2020 when he joined he joined the Niners and was he played what 16 game one season with the Niners and then had to miss two seasons with injury. 
When that happens at that position, at that age, it's over. Like, yeah, Saquon Barkley, you're 24 years old. There's a chance you can come back from that. We've seen this happen so many times. You have one injury mounting up after another. It's over for you. At that position in the NFL, you don't come back from that. And yet somehow at age 30, he's having not just a career year, but he's doing it on a team that actually matters, Chris. Here are the other running backs who have at least 100 touches this year that are 30 years old. Raheem Mostert down in Miami, Cordero Patterson in Atlanta, Latavius Murray with the Broncos. Two of those guys don't matter. Like Patterson, great story, but you playing for the Falcons doesn't matter. Same thing with Latavius Murray in Denver. The fact that he's doing this on a Super Bowl contending team is remarkable. And he's doing it, getting paid a million dollars. He can pay the veteran minimum. I know Bink's been singing his praises all week, but this guy giving you this sort of production at that price tag is one of the best values in the NFL. It, it just it goes to show you why you should never pay running backs ever because <laughs> well, you could just find so much value in the draft or on the free agency market. Um, so just don't give, don't do what the, the Cowboys did, which is give a fat contract to Zeke Elliott because now he's not even your best running back on your team. Now it's Tony Pollard. Um, but I, I think the interesting thing about this is that you've seen this major shift in the NFL where teams are not going with the feature back approach with their running backs. They're going with the committee approach now. And so now you have two, three running backs that you're playing every game and their, you know, their level of touches depends on how much you trust them. But nowadays, teams are not like, okay, I'm going to give this one running back 20 touches a game and we're going to ride him. Now it's like we've got three guys. One guy's going to get like 15. One guy is going to get 10. And then the other one, maybe a couple. And that varies on their ability to pass protect, their ability to catch, in addition to just running the football. And I, I think that that, kind of favors those older running backs because most of those guys like Jared McKinnon can run block, can pass block. But that's the reason he's been playing all year exactly, long. Exactly, because he can pass. he's the best pass blocker that they have in their backfield. And he can catch. He's their best receiving back. And those features, in addition to the fact that he's still got juice as a running back, just as a runner, helps him be a, a an effective back at his advanced age because they're not – counting on him for 20, 25 touches a game like you used to see in the NFL 20 years ago. I hate to kick a man while he's down, but I just watching Pacheco run the ball and watching McKinnon as a pass catcher, it's hard for me to figure out why Clyde was ever the lead back. They drafted him in the first round. But, so. Okay, but, okay, fair. Okay. And they, and they that's why it was for the first two years. They but. thought that he, from a, a talent standpoint, was their best runner. And I, so you think in training camp, yeah, at the beginning of training camp, they knew when he's fresh and he hasn't been tackled in a year. He hasn't, he's not hurt anymore. Remember you, I I, I know you guys are all over it because I was listening to you guys. Like he talked all about how healthy he was. This is the healthiest I've ever been. I've been hurt my entire career. I was hurt in college. Now I'm healthy. I'm the healthiest I've ever been. And you heard all of that. And then he got hurt again. And even before that, he had he had already been passed up by Pacheco on the depth chart. And we knew that anyways. We talked about this back in August. Like, Pacheco's going to get that job at some point. And now you're seeing it with, with, with Jet, where now he's worked his way up there. And, like, even if Clyde comes back, Clyde's your third back. 
He's not going to get touches over those two guys because no. he's not a better runner than Pacheco, and he's not a better pass catcher or pass blocker than Jets. Well, and talk so, about momentum. Yeah, and momentum. Right like, now, Jets it, got the momentum. Works. Well, and this this works. We're seeing it work. We're finally, for the first time in three years, seeing you get consistent production from more than just one guy. Like, Daryl Williams was a guy for you. Damian Williams in the playoffs. Jarek McKinnon in the playoffs last year. That's basically what he's doing right now. He just started it about a month early. You're getting consistent production from a running back room. You have found a tandem that works because you're, you're totally right. In 2022, you can't just have one guy. Even the teams who think they have a guy have another guy. They always, you're seeing a lot of guys who were, who were feature backs in previous years. All of a sudden now are part of a committee like uh, Najee Harris count, in yeah, Pittsburgh. You can count on like one hand. Yes. Saquon, uh, Jonathan Taylor when he was healthy. And, uh, and Derrick Henry when he was healthy. And now it's like, now everyone's going to go with the committee approach. Uh, even with those guys, like even like Derrick Henry starting to get up there, he's approaching 30. Yeah. I guarantee you, he's not going to get 25 touches a year for the, you know, maybe like next year he might get that. He ain't getting it in 2024 though. Well, Derrick Henry it, age, he's not a human. So age doesn't affect him. He's a robot and he'll play. Yeah, he's, he's starting to get hurt now. Yeah, the last couple true. years. Yeah, that's true. He's been yeah. getting hurt the last couple of years. He so might, they're going to have to limit his touches. Yeah. He's, he's kind of on an Island though. Just, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. He's like the, he is, he is, is a 1990s, early 2000s running back in 2022. We're going to talk more about Jarek McKinnon when we talk to Pete Sweeney coming up here in just a little bit, but I want to do a little quarterback musical chairs. Derek Carr is out in Vegas. We know this much, at least for this season. Now, it seems like a foregone conclusion that they are going to cut ties with him at the end of this year. They're going to be on the hook for, I think, $5 million. He's got a massive cap hit. They need to rest him to save about $40 million, right? If he gets injured, that, that they're going to have to guarantee him that money. Whereas if he gets traded or signs with another team, they can restructure the deal. He can operate on sort of a year-to-year basis, and there's not as much guaranteed money. Like, they've already paid him so much of that to where they have a little bit of flexibility now after one year. It was a $65 million guaranteed deal when they signed it this past offseason. And one of the, the clauses in that was a no-trade clause. And Derek Carr said the reason why he insisted on the no trade clause was because he was either going to be a Las Vegas Raider or he was going to go play golf. That was it. He didn't want to play football anywhere else. Now, I'm sure he didn't imagine that he would have to maybe activate that no trade clause so soon, but that may be exactly what happens. This seems strikingly similar to what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo last season, where you could save a lot of money simply by cutting him but they dangled them out out there, wanted to find a trade, didn't find a trade that worked and ended up keeping him. We all thought Jimmy Garoppolo was getting dealt and he never did. We all thought he was either getting dealt or getting cut. They didn't. And I'm sure they're glad they didn't because now they needed him, even though he got injured anyway. The point is that I don't think it is a guarantee that the Raiders end up moving on from him. I think they would have to find the right trade partner And Chris, when I'm looking at potential suitors out there, Washington, New Orleans, Atlanta, New York, I'm not sure how much any of those teams would be willing to give up for Derek Carr. Like if let's imagine the Raiders are asking for a first or second round pick. These teams aren't teams. These these aren't organizations that have a ton of draft capital and how many of them are going to be willing to give up on a second round pick when, Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy we just mentioned, he's also going to be like, if I'm the jets, right? And I'm saying, okay, Mike White's not the guy. 
We know Zach Wilson's not the guy. We need to go and get a dude because that's all we're missing. We're a quarterback away from competing in this division. If you have to choose between Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, if I'm the Jets personally with Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's little brother, who, by the way, was the passing game coordinator for four years in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo, if I have to choose between Derek Carr and Jimmy G, I'm probably taking Jimmy G. That's why I think Derek Carr actually will stay in Vegas next year. I wouldn't be shocked to see Jimmy Garoppolo go to the Jets. That's my pick for him. What about Tom Brady teaming up with Sean Payton down in New Orleans? We know we know New Orleans owns Sean Payton's rights. We know that they tried to team up last year in Miami, right? They were going to do this little coup where they fire Brian Flores, hire Sean Payton, bring in Tom Brady as like a minority owner slash quarterback. Well, now they have the opportunity to do it in New Orleans, and that fits the billing of what Tom Brady would want. You've got some talent on offense. Like Chris Olave seems like the real deal. You've got a legit defense. That's what Brady has always looked for. I don't know if they're like as ready-made to compete as the Bucks were when he got down there, but if you get to team up with a really nice offensive mind in Sean Payton, would it shock you to see Tom Brady in New Orleans next year? No, but I, here's my thing. To me, it doesn't make as much sense as Tom Brady going to San Francisco. Like right now, you look at San Francisco, that's a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl. They just need their quarterback. And that's that was Tom Brady's favorite team growing up as a child. He's been linked to them for years now. We A lot of people thought that they were... But they're winning with Brock Purdy. Why do you need Tom Brady? Because he's a better quarterback yeah, than know. Brock Purdy. <laughs> I know, but that's like, kind of been the thing with always, Shanahan. Like, like they, Shanahan they were, wins with anyone. Yeah, but like if you can get someone that you don't have to like game plan around, then you you do it. I mean, the Chiefs were winning with Alex Smith and they 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 drafted Patrick Mahomes because they thought he was better. So like to me, it's like you you if you can upgrade, you upgrade. And that's a position that like if you like it, at some point it is so hard to win if you've got a great team but a mediocre quarterback. And so to me, if you can go get a quarterback that you believe can help win you games with his arm, you go and get him. And so I think that to me, that's the favorite right now, as far as teams to go get Tom Brady and free agency. Um, I can tell you this much. I don't think he's winding up back in Tampa. No, I don't think so. That's a right now. They, they are completely falling off and like things already have seemed tense anyways. The last year he did retire initially and then he came back. So I, I do think that he will he will leave, and I think he probably goes to, to San Francisco. Uh, as far as, like, Derek Carr goes, I don't think he's going to be on the Raiders next year. I think they're going to release him because they have an out on his contract. They, they can don't get need, out of there. I mean, is $29 million cap space, is that more valuable than having a veteran quarterback on your roster? I mean, what what's their record right now? Uh, I think they have seven wins. Seven wins. So you're not a contender? Even though, like, I mean, I, they're not even mathematically eliminated. But they're not. They're, a, they they need a lot of, to happen. And I, I, they're six and nine. I thought that, like, if I were like a player on that on that Raiders team, I'd be mad about Derek Carr being being benched essentially because we still have a chance to be in the playoffs. Exactly. So, like, I understand that, but like, Derek Carr doesn't give you a championship opportunity. So go get you a quarterback. Yeah, that, that I think does. I think if you're Vegas though, and if you're drafted in the top ten, like you have Jarrett Stidham as your quarter as your quarterback, you're probably going to lose these last two. Yeah. Draft in the top ten. Go get, go get CJ Stroud. Go get Will Levis. Yeah, trade ha- having Derek Carr in the to. having a Derek Carr in the room. If he's willing to yeah, do it, yeah. But that's the thing is you don't know if he's willing to do it. And yeah, I don't know. 
And, like, I mean, he could just retire if he wants to yeah. is kind of what he was sounding like he might do. Like, you can't ever take for granted that he's going to be a mentor to him because we already saw it with Tannehill with Malik Willis. He's like, I ain't, I ain't training him. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't think that you should ever count on that being the case. So get you a young quarterback that you think you can build around and try to try to win with them. We'll talk more about the unmitigated disaster that has been the AFC West this year with Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride. He joins us next. This is Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gann Asphalt and Concrete. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.